0: Well, Christmas will be here soon. It's a big deal in America, obviously. But did you know it's also a big deal most places all around the world? In Finland, in particular, they really love Christmas. There's a great tradition there that happens every year. It's happened every year since the 1300s. That's 700 years. That's a pretty good tradition. It's called the Declaration of Christmas Peace. Here's what happens. Each year at noon on Christmas Eve, the Christmas peace is declared in the city of Turku. The proclamation is read usually by a city official from the balcony of an historic mansion at the center of town in the old great square. It's broadcast on the radio and television and streamed on the internet. And here's what this city official gets up and says every year in Finland on Christmas Eve. He says, tomorrow, actually I'm doing this in English, I can't tell you what he says in his language, but this is the best we can do. Tomorrow, God willing, is the graceful celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, and thus is declared a peaceful Christmas time to all by advising devotion and to behave otherwise quietly and peacefully. Because he who breaks this peace and violates the peace of Christmas by any illegal or improper behavior shall under aggravating circumstances be guilty. And punished accordingly, according to the law and statutes prescribed for each and every offense separately. Finally, a joyous Christmas feast is wished to all the inhabitants of the city. You better not mess with the peace of the Fins at Christmas time. It's a desire to want peace on earth at Christmas, but Maybe the way they're going about it, I think, is missing something of the message of Jesus. And we're going to talk about the peace that he came to give at Christmas time today. So we are in Advent. We are preparing, getting ourselves ready. And what we're doing each Sunday, we're lighting a candle about a different thing we did last week. Um, The idea of hope this week, the idea of peace. And then we're picking out a character in the Bible that exemplified that trait, that attribute of God. And our focus today is on the shepherds. The story about them is found in Luke chapter 2. And if you've been raised in church, then I'm sure you have read this over and over again in the Beasley home. Every year on Christmas Day, our oldest son, it's his job to read the Christmas story out of Luke uh, chapter two. And he's been doing that ever since he could read. It's our family tradition. But if you weren't raised in church, you've heard this before anyway, because if you've watched a Charlie Brown Christmas, you remember they're all confused about what Christmas is all about. And then who stands up and reads the story? Do you remember? Linus, yes it is. Linus the theologian stands up and reads the story from Luke chapter 2 and tells us what Christmas is all about. So follow along. I'll read it to you from Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and line in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning that which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. This is God's birth announcement of His Son's birth. Isn't that something? It's the heavenly birth announcement. Uh, it's being done in all kinds of majesty with angels. Announcing it may be singing the story. And it's not surprising that God would announce the birth of his son in such an amazing way with angels. But the surprising part of the story is who he picked to tell the announcement to. He picked shepherds, completely ordinary, night shift working animal tenders. Out of all the people on the earth, he chose these folks to announce the birth of his son. Let's talk about that for a second. Why shepherds? He could have picked any group of people to give the announcement to. Why them? And I'm sure he, God has many reasons that I don't know. But the three of them stood out to me this week. First was this. Shepherds were the ordinary people of their day. You can write that in, please. They were the ordinary people of their day. They had no titles. They had no pride, really. It's pretty humble stuff. No religious uh, accolades. No great theological studies. They fit right into the whole story of God introducing His Son into the world. Think about it. It's the most humbling thing you could imagine God becoming one of us. And humility follows the story from beginning to end god chooses these humble carpenters uh, these humble shepherds he chooses a humble carpenter to be the father he chooses a peasant girl to be the mother of the son of god the birthplace is a lowly stable now we have we have a manger scene in our house and it's all sanitary but manger scenes were not sanitary you ever been to a stable animals go to the bathroom Uh, They go a lot. That's why you got straw to mix in where the animals went to the bathroom. They stink. That's where the son of God was introduced to the world. These shepherds were the have nots of their day. And maybe God chose them to let us know us the have nots of our day. That Christ came for the lowly in heart, the meek in heart. For all those who would humble themselves and believe in him. I think he also chose shepherds because they were the link with the past. God gave a promise to an ancient ancestor of Jesus, someone named Abraham, that one of his descendants would bless the world. It was a prophecy, a promise about a Messiah that would come one day. And Abraham and his descendants, Isaac and Jacob, were animal tenders, they were shepherds. And throughout the lineage leading up from Abraham to To Jesus the promise of the Messiah would follow generation after generation and the link with the past was was these shepherds because that's what Abraham had been long ago and one of those descendants David was the great shepherd of Israel and he was a shepherd as a young boy I think God was linking the past linking the promises with the coming of Jesus I think shepherds were also a link to the future They pointed to the future of what Jesus was going to do and going to teach. He was going to be the good shepherd, the good shepherd. Every year, the people of Israel offered a lamb in sacrifice for their sins. And these shepherds were reminders of that. And Christ himself was going to be that sacrificial lamb for our sins, to take away the sins of the whole world. So then God chose them on purpose so we would remember that if we're not much, that's okay. Jesus came for humble people, that he was the fulfillment of what had been prophesied long ago, and what he would accomplish was, was being that sacrificial lamb, and he would be the one to bring peace into the world. So I want to talk to you this morning about peace about god's peace it's a little different than what they're doing in finland though i appreciate their heart in that uh, i can't proclaim it i can't declare that peace is here at christmas time and i can't punish those who get loud and violated. i i can't produce peace that way god's peace is different and here's how god's peace is a person god's peace Is a person. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, for he himself, Jesus, is our peace. There's no peace without knowing this person, because he himself is the prince of peace. Isaiah the prophet said that about him hundreds of years before he was born in Isaiah 9 6. It says, for to us a child is born a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace that embodied in this son of god is peace he is the shalom the the peace that god came to bring to the earth and here's what he told people who followed him one day he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, all of you who don't have peace, in other words, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know where you're looking, to, or what you're looking to for peace, But I tell you this, you'll never find it until you find a relationship with the Prince of Peace. You can find temporary absence of conflict, but that's a poor substitute for the peace that God comes to give. I was 21 years of age when I believed that Christ was the Son of God and decided to follow Him. I thought I had chosen to believe in Jesus. Turns out He chose me. It's a it's an amazing thing. Uh, and because He chose me, I was able to believe in Him, to follow after Him. He wooed me by His Holy Spirit, drew me to Himself, and a peace came into my heart then that I had never had. And it's never left. So I don't know everybody in the auditorium, and I certainly don't know everybody watching at home, but sometimes we assume that everybody knows this Jesus, that everybody who goes to church or watches uh, church service online already has a, a relationship with Jesus, but that's not true. I grew up in church. 21 years of my life, I went to church. I was there all the time. I was in the youth group. I was the vice president of the Methodist Youth Fellowship in my little church in Barstow, California. And if you had come up to me when I was 15, 16 and said, do you believe in Jesus? I would say, sure. But I believed in him like I believe there was a George Washington and an Abraham Lincoln, some historic figure. It was never something that had gone from here to here. It was never something that I went from just believing intellectually to actually following Jesus. That happened at 21. It was profound. It was life-changing. And so I'd like to pray right now. And I'd like everybody in the auditorium just to close your eyes with me. And and those watching at home, um, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you who are every place at one time, you who were sent to convict the world, uh, convince the world of sin, of our sin, of righteousness and of the judgment to come. You who reveal Jesus. I pray that right now, anybody in this auditorium, anybody watching at home who has an intellectual assent to Jesus, about Jesus, but is never surrendered their lives to follow him, has never experienced this thing the Bible calls being born again, being born from above, this transformation that comes through faith and grace in Jesus. Lord, I pray that right now you would convince them of that. Just let them know, Lord, that they've been religious, but not religious born again and let them right now father make that decision to receive christ as savior as lord and you can do that just by just by praying just by opening up your heart and saying jesus come in Uh, i i want you to be my savior i want the peace that comes between me and god because of your sin because of your sacrifice for my sin Come now. Come now. And you pray that prayer and you mean it sincerely, then you are, according to Scripture, born again. And it doesn't matter what you feel or don't feel. Feelings are transitory. It matters what the Word of God promises. That if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that God has raised Jesus up from the dead then you will be saved do that right now and the peace of God which is a person will come into your life and Lord I thank you for doing that in people's lives right now amen amen if you did that today at home tell somebody about it Uh, talk to a friend someone you know is a Christian and uh, tell them that today You prayed that prayer, that something uh, took place in your heart and life. And if you're here in the auditorium, uh, tell somebody else that you did that today. Uh, You'll be amazed when you tell somebody that, how your faith in what just happened becomes stronger and more powerful. So God's peace is a person. And God's peace comes in the middle of our storms, not in the absence of them. I want you to think about when God chose to bring his son into the world. He could have brought the son of God into the world when Israel was on top. He could have brought Jesus to be the Messiah when David was king of Israel and there was peace everywhere because uh, nobody messed with Israel. So there's peace everywhere because Israel is the powerful nation of the day but he didn't he brought peace in the middle of the storm these people were going through it had been 63 years since the romans conquered israel for 63 years they witnessed the horror of roman soldiers uh, doing whatever they wanted to do to the people of israel Uh, they witnessed the taxation the brutality Uh, you didn't mess with the roman soldiers for 63 years, their lives had been not peaceful. And in the middle of that storm, God sends the Son of God. How's your Christmas going? How's your 2020 going? Pretty stormy? For some of us, it's very stormy. Uh, For some friends we have, for some relatives we have, it's been very stormy. People losing jobs, uh, people getting sick, uh, friends being divided over the whole thing. Wherever you find yourself today, if it's a storm, then know this. Jesus loves to come in the middle of storms. His peace is felt most deeply in the middle of storms. I've had few times in my life when there were no storms. Maybe you've had a more uh, easy life. Maybe it's been great for you the whole time. I've had few times. And those few times I think, oh, man, this is what peace is really all about, the absence of conflict. But then when the storms come again, you know what they do? They drive me back to Jesus. And they drive me back to finding my relationship with him in a more deep and consistent way. Actually, storms cause me to pray every day. You know, when storms aren't there, I don't pray every day. I've had seasons in my life where I don't, where things were going pretty good. But thank God for storms, because then my little walk I do every morning, my little prayer time every morning, it gets longer. (laughs) It It gets really long. The longer the storm, the better shape I'm in, because the longer I walk and the longer I pray, and the more I know this Jesus intimately in the middle of storms. And then God's peace comes through prayer. It comes through going back to Jesus again and again and talking with him, developing an intimate relationship with him. Let me read to you a scripture found in Philippians 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Are you anxious about something? Then cut it out, (laughs) okay? According to Scripture, I have the authority to say cut it out. Stop it. Stop it. It's an old Bob Newhart, little comedy thing. You can look it up on YouTube. Just stop it. Stop that anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything. How? How can I just stop it? How can you tell me to stop it? I can't stop it. Yes, you can. How can I stop it? Well, let's keep reading. Do not be anxious about anything but the alternative, the antidote to your anxiety. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Two alternatives. I can be anxious or I can pray. There we go. The same energy it takes to be anxious is the same energy it takes to pray. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, thank you, Lord. God, I'm coming to you and praying. Present your request to God. God, this is the thing that's making me so anxious right now. But, Lord, I present it to you. I give it to you. Lord, uh, you're better at handling this. God, you got this. I give it to you. And what happens? And if you do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? The same energy it takes to worry, you can use to pray. And if you pray, it doesn't say what you're praying about, the situation will change. I didn't see that. It might. God is very gracious. And sometimes He changes our situations. Isn't that incredible? Have you ever prayed, though, and He doesn't change the situation? Can we be honest here? Have you ever prayed about something and it didn't instantly change or get better? Who's ever prayed about something, situation didn't change and get better? Okay. Well, now we're being honest. Okay? Good. That's not the promise. The promise is that if you'll present your request to Him, that you'll experience the peace of God. And it transcends understanding in other words what i understand right now should make me very anxious ah but i have a peace now that i prayed about it which transcends understanding it doesn't seem to jive up i should be more worried and anxious because this thing never got any better but i'm not Feel like Alfred E. Newman back in the days of Mad Magazine. What? Me worry? I mean, it, I, I have prayed. The anxiety is gone. It's like, oh, why aren't you anxious about COVID, Pastor Gary? Because by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, I presented that request to God. And you know what? I have a peace. Passes all understanding. Well, suppose you get COVID and die. Well, I'm going to go to heaven. Did you? I am totally going to go to heaven. The minute I stop breathing here, (gasps) my next breath is in heaven. I'm going to live forever with Christ in a place where there's no sorrow, uh, no more pain. Uh, I'm going to go there. So why have a terrible life here if I've got that one to follow? Why not take my fears and present them to God and receive the peace of God? It says, do it with thanksgiving. When I pray in the morning, the first thing I do is I think about yesterday. This is my habit. I'm walking in my prayer time, and I go in my mind through everything that happened just the day before. And I thank God. I just start in the morning. I thank him for, you know what, I had breakfast yesterday. Lord, thank you for that. It was good. It was oatmeal. I was good yesterday, Lord. I I did a good thing. Uh, Lord, thank you that I slept in a warm bed. Lord, thank you that I was able to get my work done yesterday. And and thank you, Lord, that I was able to work out at night. And Lord, thank you for my wife. It was another day of us. I just, with thanksgiving, start that way. And once I get done with thanking God for everything yesterday, then I said, Lord, here's my petitions, my prayers. God, take them all. Would you do me a favor? Take your hands like this. Matter of fact, start like this. Hold them like this. This is anxieties. (laughs) This is no peace. This is, I'm going to do something. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to work down this relationship. I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to fix everything. When you tense your hands like that, do it right now. Do you notice how you're tense all over? Do you feel it like in your face? Do it hard. You can feel it like all over your body. But then... Release and give those to God. Present them to God. Whew. That feels better, doesn't it? Lord, here. Here. Nothing's changed, but I don't want to mess with it. I want to give it to you. Here. You, you take it. Ah. Peace of God. That's good. Worship team, would you return, please? We're going to do, as we close our service, just what we read about doing. We're going to, first of all, give thanks to God with thanksgiving. We're going to sing a song about Jesus. This is our thanksgiving to him. It's a profound song about Jesus being above and below and before and behind us. And then I'm going to come back, and then we are going to do just what that verse says. We're going to present our prayers and petitions to God. Whatever is making you anxious. We're going to give it to him. I'm declaring a Christmas peace today. And we're going to receive God's peace that passes all understanding. So join in this song, please.